not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican, and the truth as I see it is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division, and it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet, and why are there computers inside them when they just got account shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. If you're not smart enough to be my friend, fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Again Podcast, episode 79. My good buddy, Mike Baldwin, that handsome fellow right there. Uh, we believe that the deep state is real. We believe that Trump is our best chance of uh, getting America back to what it used to be, or potentially way better than what it used to be. Um, we think that Joe Biden is not only the worst president in history, but that he's just a complete puppet for the people trying to ruin the country. And uh, if you think that's crazy, um, you should probably listen to us for a few minutes because we know more than anyone. Anybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got a good weekend coming up. Hopefully I will be in Tucson at laughs. Um, have you ever done laughs in Tucson? Nope. I've, I've told several friends to try to get me in there and nobody's been successful yet. Well, it took me a long time to get back in there. Um, I, I did something when I was drinking that was kind of, well, it was, it was very stupid, but, um, I'll just tell the story. I might as well. Um, when I was drinking, gosh, this was like 15 years ago. Cause in March will be 13 years since I've drank, but, um, they have a back bar and you know, where it's just for the servers. And, uh, um, so there's no, there's no customers up there. And this was after the shows were over and I'm back there and I'm, I'm waiting to get a drink. And, the, I don't know where the bartender is, and I see the Captain Morgan right there. I'm like, I, I, it's right there. I just, I get, so I go back there behind the bar, and I pick up the Captain Morgan, and I pick up a glass, and I'm just going to make myself a little cocktail. <laughs> and I immediately realize, even though I was about half drunk at this point, or three quarters drunk, um, that this is a bad idea. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, dude? So I put it down. I don't even attempt to make a drink. I, I immediately realize it's stupid. I put it down and I'm coming back around and this waitress comes in and sees me coming out from behind the bar. And I don't remember if we if we spoke or anything, but um, so I don't think much about it. And I get paid. I do the next night or whatever. And then a few days later, I get an email from the owner like, do you have a drinking problem? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, I know you went behind the bar and I try to explain to him, you know, like, he's like, well, I can't have you back. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I know it was stupid, but I didn't even make the drink. It was just like this idea I had. And I immediately realized it was dumb and explained myself. And he was just like, yeah, well, I have a lot of people who don't do what you did. So, and I'm like, fuck. It makes sense. But yeah. Yeah. So like several years later, I finally get back in with him. And I have one of the best weekends of my career. I just had, I was sober at this point. I had been for a couple of years and I just had these probably to this day, the best shows I've ever had in my life. And so I'm, I, you know, and he tells me when he's paying me, he's like, man, you did such a great job, blah, blah, blah. 
and then I uh, um, I email him like immediately about getting back in there. And he's like, I'm all booked up for the year. And this was in like January. <laughs> so I was like, what? And I shouldn't have done this either. But I all I said was, well, I have a hard time believe, believing that you have 52 guys who did a better job than I did. And that's that's all I said. And I shouldn't have even said that. That's all it takes. <laughs> that's, all it, that's all it took. And I haven't been back since. Um and I finally got back in there through a series of things I won't bore the audience with. But so this is my first weekend back there. Um, so I say all that to say I will be happy to um, do what I can to get you in there. But it may be a minute um, before I can, before my word is any good. And, and, you know, I'm excited about it because it's always been such a great room. But... I also just did Colorado Springs and the shows were good, but they weren't like they used to be there. Um, at least not this weekend. I mean, I sold a ton of stuff. I got a ton of compliments afterwards, but the crowds just didn't. Yeah. You can feel the feeling. Yeah. You can feel the feeling. And so I'm not super like, Oh, this is going to be great because every time I think that about anything, it turns out not to be great. So I'm just like trying to, Plus, I feel like I'm like auditioning again, you know, for for the it's his son now. Um, yeah. Well, I don't think you're auditioning with your comedy as much as you're auditioning with your offstage per persona. Well, I think I'm. I feel like I'm also auditioning my comedy, which you know, you never want to feel that way, like you're being watched and judged or or whatever. But that is kind of how I feel. Yeah. I mean, he's been really cool in our emails and all that, but like I asked for a little more money than he offered me and he was like, I'll give it to you, but you know, you really got to kill it. And I'm like, oh, shit, who, who wants that pressure? <laughs> yeah. I mean, with, with stuff like that, you got to just find whatever group of audience members you can see that are really enjoying you and just focus on them. Don't focus on the guy that's doing this when you're trying to win over everybody, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm just trying to go into it like, well, I've, it's been several years since I've been here. It's, it's not, uh, if I, if for some reason they don't have me back, I'll, I've proven that I'll survive. Um, right. And that's been my attitude with a lot of clubs throughout the years. Like, well, like, Hey, there's a lot of fish in the sea. Don't need all, you. There's a lot of fish in the sea. And also last night, because I haven't, I've been trying to, I haven't been trying to write. I, I, I keep telling myself I need to, but I, there's this book that I, I set my, my microphone on. It's called The Artist's Way, and it's a giant ass book. And I was like, this is supposed to be this great book. I'm just using it for like a, <laughs> you know, to set my microphone on. And I started going through it a little bit last night and I got all, I got all inspired by some of the stuff I read. I'm like, well, shit, I've read two pages of this and they've nailed two of my biggest problems, you know, as far as writing goes and holding myself back and thinking things have to be perfect before I can use it. Blah, right. blah, blah. So did it make you put pen to paper? Uh, not yet because I started reading it pretty late last night and I needed to go to bed, but, um, I'm looking forward to reading it and it's actually, it's so damn, it's kind of daunting because it's huge. Um, 
But I realized last night by thumbing through it, I'm like, oh, that's because they consolidated three books into one. Mm. So it's not as daunting as I as it looks. I mean, it's it, it's bigger than the Bible, this freaking book. I mean, I'm going to take it on my trip and it's going to weigh me down like you wouldn't believe my backpack. But <laughs> you probably um, won't even open it and you'll be like, why did I bring this? <laughs> yeah, I do that sometimes, too. But I, my my plan is to put my hour on the Internet somehow and um, then just force myself into writing because I, I don't, you know, I'm never going to do it unless unless I, my stuff is out there like yours is now mm-hmm. to where you feel like you have to do it. Um, so we'll see. So that was long winded. Well, you, you mentioned a book, so that made me think of a book. I wish that I had a screenshot of it. I guess I could find it. Eh, It doesn't matter, but it's called one second after. I think I've talked about it before, uh, but it's about the power going out all over the United States. And, uh, the, the cause of the thing is not, does it doesn't matter it could be a, a sun flare thing it could be terrorism it could be another country like war shit the reason doesn't matter the the fact remains that we are vulnerable to all of the power going out and i made a tweet about it earlier an x post um saying like like how screwed are you or like the, here's a book about how screwed we would all be if all of the power went out and then I wrote, spoiler, very, like we would all just be so screwed. Anybody that has to take medicine of any kind, you live as long as how much medicine you've got left. Um, like if you have to take medicine to stay alive, you know, uh, a, a lot of people that have like that are fucking crazy, psychotic people and all that stuff, they take meds to keep themselves level like once their shit runs out then not only are people dying all over the place you got fucking lunatics running around all over the place uh you can't call for help you can't listen to the radio to hear what the hell's going on like cars don't work the only cars that work are ones that were made before like the 1950s or something like that so and that's part of the book too they go to like this grandma's house and get her like etzel or something out of the garage whatever the fuck that is some old ass car and everybody with their broke down cars are like hey there's a car like what the hell how'd you get it running you know anyway i have goosebumps just talking about this book is fucking it's it's uh like dramatized or whatever and it's it's not a nationwide story or anything it's just the story of like one town dealing with this but that's what's fucked up is like the biggest cities are the ones that that fall first because they have no way of like growing their own food or hunting or anything like that they just have like what's in cans in their city and once that shit's gone and there's no no trucks are running nothing news coming in like people just it, it eventually first people riot they loot they steal they murder and then eventually all the shit runs out. So then they're just stuck with cannibalism, basically. And people start religious cults. And no, I'm the one. I Jesus spoke to me before this happened and told me that you need to follow me. You know, that kind of shit. Like, I, it's crazy, dude. And it, the possibility of it happening, it was written like 10 plus years ago. And even then I was like, oh, man. But now, like just this morning, I don't know if you get on X or whatever in the morning, but the 
the trending list was all Verizon, AT&T, uh, Xfinity, Comcast, all of this stuff. And uh, everything was down at some point over the night. Like people were, their cell phone signal went from whatever it says, 4G or 5G. Everybody's just said SOS. So that's the only thing that worked was like calling 911 or something. And it's all fixed now, apparently. But that got everybody talking about like, this is just a test. Like the World Economic Forum and shit was talking about how there's going to be a big cyber attack in the same fashion that they were talking about how there's going to be a big pandemic months before the pandemic, you know? I just spit on the screen when I'm getting excited. Um, yeah, I mean, it's terrifying. My little brother used to talk about how the grid is set up in a way that if it all goes down, it would just be like fucking dominoes. Um, he was like the way that it's, I don't, I can't, I I didn't always understand what he was talking about, but the way that it's set up apparently is just very feasible that that could happen. What you're, what you're speaking about. And uh, we, we all would be screwed. So this happened this morning, essentially. Uh, well, all it, in the middle of the night, uh, there were AT&T outages, Verizon outages, Xfinity, Comcast, all uh, basically every sort of like internet and phone thing had some kind of outages this and, morning. And what do they say in that is from, uh, the thing I've seen the most is, uh, sun flare shit. Uh, like something that's bad enough to mess up the phone signal, but not bad enough to knock out the electricity. But then the comments on that are, nah, this guy's full of shit. It wasn't that it was because it didn't affect this company and this company. Uh, It only affected these companies that are owned by this company, whatever it is. Huh? Well, I mean, I've been trying slowly to, I don't know, kind of train myself to like, not need as much food and and to like uh, remember directions rather than counting on my GPS for everything. Mm-hmm. Like get back into that mode of thinking, like remembering people's phone numbers. Not that any of that stuff would really matter if all that shit went down. Um, but, you know, it, it, it it's very terrifying to think about what could happen. I mean, I talked to people a lot lately about how we've all become so conditioned to be, to count on like, especially cell phones. Like if you landed at an airport and you didn't have your cell phone, what would you do? Like, how do you get a hold of your ride or, you know, yeah, I anything? Mean, I just find a taxi cab, I guess, and then pay way too much. But, but yeah, here, uh, share the screen there. I want to show the cover of this book. All right. Um, you mean like this? Yeah, there it is. It's called One Second After by William Forschen. However you say that, that's a hard word to say. But uh, And it has the the first few paragraphs are from uh, Newt Gingrich. I guess the, it's friends with that guy. So he came in and was like, hey, this could really happen, you guys. <laughs> like, pay attention to this book. And then while I'm sharing the screen, you can put that one down. Or I did. Then here, let's uh, share this thing real quick. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, there, are you sharing that? There you go. I can't see. Is it up? Yeah, it's up. 
history month you find good? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What do you do with yours? What, which month is white history month? No, well, no, 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 come on. Tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. <clears throat> what is Jewish history month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no. No. I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a black history month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? And stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You know- All right. God, that guy's got the best damn voice, dude. He sure does. That's part of why uh, Shawshank was such a great movie. Him narrating that shit. Yeah, and then he became like the narrator. And then he yeah. also had some weird thing with like his step niece or step granddaughter or something. I don't really know what happened exactly, but I know he married a chick that at one point was in his family in a different way. Or I don't really? even know if he I don't even know if he married her, but I know there was some controversy. Some Either Woody, way. Some Woody Allen kind of thing? Something, yeah. I don't I don't know the details, but something happened. Dude, that that one is so weird. The whole Woody Allen thing, like, you what did raised... he do? Did he adopt a girl and then married her? Yeah, he raised her from the time she was like little. I think maybe seven or maybe even earlier than that. But she was no older than seven when he adopted her, and then she gets about nineteen, and he's just like, yeah, "I've always had my eye on you." <laughs> That's like the creepiest shit ever. Are they still together? I believe so. Yeah, then it all worked out. I, I mean, that's, I guess that's but. what's weird is people, you know, people are like, like the, the same story can be like, hey, guys, my grandparents just celebrated their 80th anniversary together. And you're like, oh, my God, like, what's the secret, you know? And it's like, oh, just communication and love and whatever. But then cut to them at age 15, just being like, if you're pregnant, you're getting married. God damn it. Or something, you know, maybe it was most of us exist because of uh, what the Vikings would call raping and pillaging. Like most human beings alive today would not exist if that did not take place in our in our past. Not just the Vikings, but just that in general of like, hey, we're going to go take over that town. We're going to kill all the strong men. We're going to enslave everybody else. And we're going to take all of the women. That was like the thing that humans did for tens of thousands of years. Yeah. Well, there's also some stuff in the Old Testament of the Bible that you're like, you know, like he had sex with his daughters, you know, to, you know, the, the there's I, I forget the actual story. I want to say it's in the book of Genesis, maybe Exodus. Anyway, he, there's these two daughters that sleep with their father, um, and they get pregnant with his baby and, you know, stuff that today would never fly. And, but it's all through the old Testament of the Bible. Some just, you have to reread it. You're like, wait a second. Did he, Oh, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's also, I mean, like if you believe in the Adam and Eve thing, then it, 
that's how it had to start. Adam had to sleep with Eve, and then they had what? Cain and Abel? Is that the story? I don't remember exactly, but and yeah, then, I mean, so then, a... so then there's what four people, one woman. So what do they do then? Like Adam and Eve just have sex more, or does does Abel get to get some mom action? Is that where like stepmother porn began? It's just like uh... man, mom's hot. I don't know, but there's there's a lot of things that I I I don't know, man. I don't under I don't pretend to understand uh, every aspect of the Bible or how it could all have just stemmed from two people. Um, you know, anyway, they, I don't even want to get into it because it's too. Oh yeah, we could spend uh, a whole hour talking about evolution or whatever. Because <clears throat> I mean, if it, the Adam and Eve story is great, but it doesn't explain all of the science that we have, you know, it doesn't explain like the cavemen and stuff like that, unless Adam and Eve were themselves cavemen. So then that makes human history start like way earlier. And then that gets into like, how long, what did the Bible mean when they said seven days? Like, sure. Like to us, seven days is a week, but to God, seven days could be, you know, seven eons or whatever, like, cause he's God. Well, I feel like they had to have had different measurements of time back then because, I mean, there are several characters in the Bible who lived to be 900 years old or 700 years old, and that was very common for people to live hundreds of years. Like, living to be 300 back then was, like, middle-aged, you know, so... Yeah, but maybe if they read it, if if we could bring them back in a time machine or whatever, they'd be like, no, that's not, we didn't mean years like years. Right. We meant months. I don't know. But even then, the kid's only in his 20s or whatever. But regardless, all right, let's move on. Yeah, we should, uh, we should, we need to start, uh, well, start, we're 20 minutes into it, but um, we, we promised last week that we were going to start our, our podcast with, uh, this video about banking and we've we've been guilty of saying that a few different times multiple like, times next we're like week. next week <laughs> and then we finished that next podcast and we're like shit we didn't talk about the thing we said we were going to talk about so we apologize for that we're trying to get better all the time it's it's only the 90th episode or whatever yeah we'll learn we're slowly <laughs> learning um but this is a very interesting video about banking and uh and you know crypto and all that stuff yeah and the founding fathers and how what they that they uh, benjamin franklin said that the banking system was the most dangerous thing that we were going to come up against um and you know i guys know how i feel about 1913 and us getting sold out at the central banks and blah, blah blah and everything starting at that point um and this isn't the first time in history that's why the stuff about trump um well, let's just watch the video and then we'll talk about it. But the stuff about Trump is not a, not completely out of left field because there's historical basis for for like presidents that were against the the central bankers and the deep state and all that running our country, which is essentially who runs it. And Mike and I believe that Trump is trying to get us back to having our own currency and not be under the thumb of world governments or, yes. or rich oligarchs or some shit yeah and credit card companies and all that shit that it's it's very criminal what they get away with so let's just watch this video franklin claimed that this was the real cause of the american revolution 
Most of the founding fathers realized the potential dangers of banking and feared bankers' accumulation of wealth and power. Jefferson put it this way. I sincerely believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. The issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the people to whom it properly belongs. That succinct statement of Jefferson is, in fact, the solution to all our economic problems today. Here's how it works. They print it, we borrow it, and we pay them interest. This is garbage. This is garbage. You people in South Africa, you have your RAND, right? That's Iran going to zero. That's going to zero. This is going to zero, too. Euros are going to zero. The yen's going to zero. The Chinese currency is going to zero. It's all going to zero against Bitcoin. If you don't understand that yet, you're going to be impoverished. You're going to be on the street. You're going to be begging. You're going to be out of business. You're going to be toast. James Madison, the main author of the Constitution, agreed. Interestingly, he called those behind the central bank scheme money changers. Madison strongly criticized their actions. History records that the money changers have used every form of abuse, intrigue, deceit, and violent means possible to maintain their control over governments by controlling money and its issuance. The battle over who gets to issue our money has been the pivotal issue throughout the history of the United States. Wars are fought over it, depressions are caused to acquire it. Yet after World War I, this battle was rarely mentioned in newspapers or history books. Why? By World War I, the money changers, with their dominant wealth, had seized control of most of the nation's press. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 All the Trump supporters that I talked to who were Trump voters. He's trying to undermine the media, trying to make up his own facts. And it could be that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think. And that if, is the that is our you, job. Yeah, that is if our you, job. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state house the city halls, they got the judges in their back pockets, and they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. These authoritarians hate Bitcoin, and it's for the same reason. Why do they hate Joe Rogan? Because they can't control him. He's not subject to, to their hmm. authoritarian power. Why do they hate Bitcoin? Because they can't control it. There's only one useful thing that any of us can do every day when we get up. 
one thing that matters above all. That one thing is convince someone to convert some other form of property into Bitcoin. By a show of hands, how many people hold Bitcoin? Not bad, not bad. Um, what I would recommend highly for anybody who doesn't, get off zero, like today. <laughs> um, it is, uh, it's, it, 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 uh, we'll talk a little bit about it. But, but what is it? Uh, it's an open decentralized network that's open for anybody and no one can stop it. It's impossible to stop. It's impossible to stop. Why, why did they get all demonic there at the end? I They just slowed down the previous quote so you can hear it again. and Okay. So it like furthers their point or whatever. I hate when they do that. But, <clears throat> but yeah, if, if you had bought Bitcoin a month ago, uh, you would be up like $15,000 right now. Uh, or I mean, you know, the, the Bitcoin price is up like 15 grand from a month ago. Granted, it's, it's been up and down the last several years, but the highest it's ever been is 64,000 something. Uh, right now it's at about, uh, 51,000 and people still claim it's going to go to a million. Eventually I've got a couple hundred dollars in several different crypto things and altogether i bought two thousand one hundred dollars worth of like 10 different things and at one point i was up to like three thousand dollars that was several years ago and then i forget what year everything kind of went to shit at the worst that my twenty one hundred dollars has been as low in value for crypto as like five hundred and something dollars now i'm back up to and i haven't sold any of it this entire time now i'm back up to 1400 of my initial 2100 investments so i'm still behind but i've said this for years all it takes is for one of these little shit coins to go through the roof for whatever reason and my money will be multiplied by a million you know yeah i, I wish i was not so ignorant about bitcoin and everything i don't i don't understand any of it um, you know, and I, I get scared sometimes. Um, I, I feel like we should take every nickel out of the bank and I don't know what to do with it. Put it in our buried in the yard. Yeah, something. Um, but, you know, you come across these Illuminata bot. I think that's how you say it. Oh, the guy on Twitter X. I'll never get used to saying X, but um, he said, this is your final warning. Get your money out of the get get your money out of the bank right now you know like and i'm like and do what like you just tell me this, these cryptic messages but you don't tell us what to do with it or and who the hell are you anyway like <laughs> right how, how do i trust you you know but they seem so like emphatic about it and I don't yeah know, i man. mean it, it's like anything else it's it's the same as the power going out like one day we could, well, for one, if the power goes out, money doesn't matter anyway, because you're not, nobody else is going to care about money. They're going to care about food first. Uh, then they're going to care about bullets, like even gold and shit. I, I don't think people are going to be like, I'll trade gold for it. Not at first, at least if all the power goes out, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you have cash, if you bury cash in your backyard if you have money in the bank if the thing happens that we're all fearing 
it won't matter where your money is. You just need to have guns and food. Yeah. Well, I've got the food part. I need to get some guns. <laughs> yeah, uh, or just or weapons or training of some kind. Like that's another interesting part of this book is they they end up walling off this little town because there's just refugees coming from all directions and they're all running away from the larger cities because they know that they're fucked there. So they're trying to go to these smaller towns and the small towns end up like walling off the town and then being like, no, we're not letting anybody in. And then somebody brings up the idea of like, well, what about doctors? What about a, a fucking electricians? We could use some of those. Like, let's try to get some power going again or, or auto mechanics or anything like that. Like, that's what I always wonder about if I've chosen the wrong profession as far as the apocalypse goes. Cause like the first few months, you're not going to win anybody over by being like, I'll do some comedy for you. I'll make everybody laugh. They're like, dude, my, uh, my children just died by wolf attack. Like, I don't want to hear your fucking jokes right now. You're like, I've got some great wolf attack material. I really do. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> yeah. Um, also 1984 is a good book to read. I, I haven't read it in so long that I need to read it again, but I do remember the stuff about like the ministry of truth and all that shit. And like, yeah, um, I know. read it again in the last six months or so I hadn't read it. I don't think I ever read it. I just heard stories and quotes and I knew the overall thing about it, you know, but I had never actually like, well, I say read, I listened to the audiobook while I was driving and yeah, it was good. I mean, this guy thought like he was the only one that was thinking like I'm going to uh, he, he wasn't thinking overthrow the government. But once he started talking to other people that were like, dude, we can overthrow this. Then he was like, hell yeah. And then the other people are like, gotcha. I'm I work for the bad guys and you're screwed. And then just chapters of fucking torture. They don't like if it was made today, it would be way more like physical torture, but instead it was more like mind shit, you know, and you, you, I'm sure everybody's seen the, the image of like his eyes being held open and like screens showing whatever they want to propagandize them with that kind of stuff. Like if it took place today, it would be more Saul like, you know, where it's just like, Hey, admit that big brother is King or we're going to take another toenail i don't know yeah yeah well that that video with all the you know we've we've seen something that we've we played something similar to that on here about them all you know all having the same talking points and all that and mm -hmm. it can't it can't be emphasized enough that those are not journalists necessarily they're just people reading off teleprompters and you put somebody in a suit and tell them what to say and everyone goes that well, has to be the truth you know it's just like that's how politicians have gotten away with so much shit for so long because they, they play the part, you know, they're all essentially actors, um, which is why Trump appealed to so many people because he's just like, I don't know about politics. I'm not a fucking politician, but I'll tell you how to make money and how we need to run this country. And he appealed yeah. to a lot of people. Um, and, and we haven't even talked about that yet though. The, the ruling that, that just came out with the $350 million, there's no way I don't feel like that that's going to stick. I mean, first of all, they violated the Eighth Amendment. You can't just pull that large of a, a fee, a fine or whatever, $350 million 
um, totally violates the Eighth Amendment. He didn't. I, I'm still confused about what he's having to pay for. Yeah, I think a lot of people are confused about that. There's no victim. the The fines will just go to like the city of New York, I guess, and then they'll piss it away on immigrants or whatever. Like, I don't even listen to that news anymore because I know that it's going to be appealed and I know that it's going to be thrown out. Like it's, they're just, they're trying everything they can. The word lawfare was created. First, there's the word warfare, which is like, we attack you and shoot you and blow shit up. Then there's the word lawfare, which is the same idea, except it's all just done through the courts. So they're like, let's just find anything we can on this guy. And that's why I know it's all bullshit because they had like strong allegations of things that were never charged because they know they can't prove any of it. So now they're like, okay, well, we can prove that he said Mar-a-Lago was worth this, but this other paper says that it's actually worth this. So he lied. So let's fucking charge him with something. Like, it's all just little piddly bullshit stuff, which reminds me of, like, uh, I don't know if I have it or not. Oh, I do. Uh, James O'Keefe, his his uh, company, which is called OMG, O'Keefe Media Group, he used to be the Project Veritas guy, but then they fired him, so he started his own thing. Um, he had some undercover girl talking to an IRS agent, and that guy was saying, like, oh, yeah, like, we can... We know everybody's bank information. We can go after anybody we want. Like, it's pretty interesting. You can play either one of those two videos. They both uh, go along with kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, the good news about all these absurd rulings is, it, if you want to be positive about it, is that they it points to how freaking desperate they are to not let him be the president. And they're, they're going to try everything, including a cyber attack. That's what's... Uh, very scary about what we were talking about earlier is that I, I feel like they will get to a point where they're willing to do literally anything to keep him. It's so hard for me to picture him becoming the president again, again, through legit means and like them showing the inauguration. I mean, they won't even show his victory speeches from Nevada and those places there. I, I just have a hard time picturing that. I mean, I guess they, they have to get on board in some sense, but um anyway let's watch this video but i i just it's so hard for me to picture them letting him so to speak become the president again you know mm -hmm. blame for all this sleepy joe <laughs> sleepy joe's the one to blame for all of this as you you just gotta look at him on tv he don't he, he doesn't do anything i can't wait till i can't wait till next year when trump becomes president mm -hmm. so that everything could go right back to normal because everything is messed up. The police ain't doing their job. All these people, obviously, this is from our tax money. These guys are receiving like four grand a month. Four grand a month to live in, in, in hotels and buy things and stuff. I'm like, aren't we the ones in need? Mm -hmm. the, the, the people from the United States? Well, on top of that, we're giving away money to other countries. We're the ones in need. Like, I, I, this is this is ridiculous. That's why I've never voted in my life, and I'm voting this year for Trump because things need to get back to normal. Yeah, I wish I had I brought the article in here from the Epic Times about how our tax dollars 
are paying for all this shit, all these illegal legal immigrants and everything. And again, I say this all the time, but that's why we got away from Britain, taxation without representation. And they are literally just hemorrhaging all this money. And it comes from us, essentially, you know, as a collective. And it, it's it's criminal. I, I, I don't understand how. Uh, I mean, I do understand it, but it's just and that guy nailed it, too, with like he doesn't do anything like Biden is such a. It's, his presidency is such a sham. You know, he literally is just standing up there just talking until they're like, all right, you can stop, stop talking now. And he's like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to go get some ice cream and whatever. But it, it's it's crazy. I mean, yeah, it's all very one sided. That's for sure. The news, the government, banking, everything. I mean, it all leans to the left and they've all got their people in control in high places to make sure this same narrative constantly gets put out, you know, like that's just how the world works right now. And I think that's why so many people hate Trump is that they either don't want their view of the world to be questioned or changed or they have a stake in it. So they're part of one of these hundreds of companies that run all this shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's very uh, interesting and scary, and uh, we got three videos up here now. I don't know which one you want to play. I'm taking that one down. The one, uh, well, you always see different thumbnails than me. There's a Marjorie Taylor Greene thing uh, where it's just her talking for a minute. That's good. And then the other one is uh, about immigrants in Boston uh, staying at buildings where kids used to have baseball practice, and now they don't get to no more. <laughs> Have you heard about like in Michigan, they're literally like they're trying to get people to like pick up illegal immigrants at the airport. And and I think I think like it may adopt be, them. Yeah. And it may be in Boston that they're trying to get people to just take in immigrants into their home. I mean, yeah, no, there was that. Uh, we don't have a video of it, but there was that lady a week or so ago that was like, it's like having my own personal chef. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's called slavery, <laughs> where <laughs> they get to live and and eat, but they have to do the work and stuff. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's I'm not against immigration. We've said it a hundred times, but it's getting ridiculous. The The latest uh, official number is like seven point six million people or something. And those are just people that they've had contact with. That's not counting the probably 5 million more people that just snuck in that nobody talked to or anything and that people that just had like a van waiting for them from the friends or family or whatever. And they just got picked up and swooped off to wherever they were going, you know, and nobody talked to them. Like, it's just my biggest fear is not, I'm not worried about America not being, uh, a certain demographic or anything like that. I even the language thing, I think I could deal with if as, as long as everybody uh, loves America, you have to have pride in the country that you live in. And that's my biggest concern is that we're not checking. We're not asking these people like, do you love America? Do you want to be American? Do you want to do American shit? And there, uh, and so many people are saying like, like I just watched a, a press conference or an interview or something the other day with uh, uh, some Muslim p 
priest or whatever. It's not priest, but you know what I mean? Like whatever those are called the moms, I think. Anyway, he was talking about like, yeah, we don't want your laws. We want Sharia law, which is like, you know, hardcore, like women cover their face, like women can't learn sort of shit. Like, and we, I don't want that in America. Like I, I don't know. Eventually it's going to come down to a religious thing. And I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, me neither. Um, all right, let's play this video. This is more about immigration stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Two weeks since the Malnea Cash Recreational Community Center in Roxbury was converted into an emergency shelter for migrant families. Hundreds of beds now cover the indoor track and soccer fields where neighborhood children like 12-year-old Jeremiah Rodriguez thought he had baseball practice this weekend. We usually practice. And what happened when you went here today? Uh, they were closed. Closed to the public as dozens of families are now living in the shelter who were at one point sleeping in Logan Airport as the state shelter system is stretched to the limit. Overall, it has been uh, putting some pressure on the capacity of our system. It's okay to help, but I don't think that's the place to do it because kids and family go enjoy. As a community, voicing our opinion and our, our concerns for the youth center and the elderly programs going down there, and it just seemed like our voices weren't heard. In an effort to mobilize the community, activist Clifton Braithwaite held a neighborhood meeting at 1102 Blue Community Center in event space in Roxbury, where folks voiced their concerns. We wanted to give a, a clear message right. that you're taking away resources from not only from Boston, but Massachusetts for illegal immigrants who pay nothing into our taxes. The recreational center is a vital resource for youth and adult programs. The decision to make it a temporary home until May 31st for migrant families is called humanitarian and also difficult for some. I'm just looking to talk and network with other people in my community and be educated by them. We care about our immigrants, brothers and sisters, right? But it has to be a fair balance. How can you tell people that was down at Mass and at Cass, Mass Ave, for over 10 years, there was no money for them, and now you found money? In Roxbury, I'm Paul Burton. W yeah, there, there is no way that, if, especially if this continues, and it will, that they win the election by legitimate means. You know, there, there's just no way. I mean, I don't... I. I shouldn't say there's no way, but that without cheating, there's no way enough Americans are like, yeah, we need to continue what we're doing. And, you know, we need to keep going down this road. You know, there, yeah. there's, there's just no Trump, fucking way. That's what Trump said the other day. He was doing an interview with, uh, I forget the lady's name, but uh, she was like, so how are you going to make sure that they don't cheat this time. And he was like, they're gonna, he's like, but we're going to have so many more votes that they're not going to be able to cheat. And I really do think something like that might happen, which is why I also think they'll end up trying to cancel the election or postponing it or doing some weird bullshit. Cause they're going to between now and September, you're going to start to hear talk about let's do mail-in ballots again. Like let's make it convenient for all voters and, that kind of stuff. And then you're going to hear the other side arguing against it, saying, no, it needs to be in person. And a lot of uh, individual states and, and cities and stuff like that have passed stuff since 2020 that says like, 
you know, like no mail-in ballots unless you uh, personally request one like X amount of days ahead of time or whatever, like no just mailing a ballot to every fucking citizen the way that they did in 2020. And so that's going to be cut down a lot. But yeah, I, I, I mean, shit's going to get crazy. I don't doubt for a second that I don't think we're going to just roll into November, have an election. Trump's going to win and everybody's going to be like, doggone it. Like, I think they're going to just try everything. This is just the beginning. These court cases and shit and, and, uh, uh, what was the stuff like with the opposite, like, when they go after Trump, we know that it's bullshit. When they go after Biden, the other side says this is all bullshit. But the difference is the evidence that's involved. When they go after Trump, the evidence is, oh, well, a guy said once that another guy told them that this happened with Biden. It's like, dude, we have video of you saying this and we have bank records. And they're like, ah, the Republicans are all full of shit. They got no proof. And emails like, and everything all kinds of proof that you yeah know. and and so now the story is uh, i can't think of the guy's name but uh i think he was an israeli guy that the fbi was using as an informant and he was uh the first guy to come out and say biden uh, the the president of ukraine told him that he was bribing biden and hunter biden uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And so that guy who was an FBI informant went to the FBI, said, hey, this, they just told me this. And the FBI did nothing about it. So then that guy became a whistleblower and he went in front of Congress and said, hey, Ukraine guy told me he's bribing these guys. I tried telling the FBI they didn't do anything about it. So now the Department of Justice is charging this guy for lying to the FBI and now that's the story on everything is none of this Joe Biden stuff is true because all they're doing is using people that are lying about it. And it's like this guy is is clearly being screwed by the system. And the things that he said are turning out to be true. So whatever. I think his name's Ivan something. <clears throat> Let's see here. Trump whistleblower FBI guy. And of course, it's none of it pops up on Google. Um, Are you still a Google guy? I, I'm on this uh, browser. I haven't okay. changed it yet because I can't use I use Safari on my computer. But uh, StreamYard, which is what we use to do the show, doesn't work on Safari. So I had to download the Opera browser, and it just has me as, yeah, Google. Okay. Hey, real quick, before we, um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, as, as you did. I'm a few years older than you, but, you know, Red Dawn and Rocky and Rambo and Russia Bad kind of a thing. and how do you feel about Putin? Do you trust him more than Joe Biden? Because I certainly do. Uh, I the only reason that I have I was taught my whole life how evil Russia is and right. how and how this guy is just a killer and how he'll just kill people that go up against him and whatever. But then I live in America and I see 
stories about the FBI and the CIA, like falsely imprisoning people and torturing people, all sorts of like, they try to make it sound like, oh, we're so nice and good here. And over there, they're crazy. And it sounds like we're both doing the same shit. America and Russia are, are it sounds like we're both equally evil. So, and that's kind of the the vibe that I get from Vladimir Putin when he does interviews and stuff. And they're like, you killed this journalist or whatever. And he's like, no, I didn't like, yeah, some guys under me might've, but I didn't have anything to do with it, you know? And so I could see both sides of that. I could see him slamming in his fist on a table and being like, kill this journalist. Or I could see the same way that everybody on the left is under some sort of umbrella of like, I care about this particular uh, narrative or thing or whatever, you know, it could have been any of the thousands of people that are like, Hey, this guy's saying bad stuff about Putin. Like let's, we fucking love Putin. So let's put this piece of shit in jail. And Putin wouldn't have had to demand any of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know, but the fact that they tell us for a fact like this guy, uh, who was the uh, guy that was running against Putin, uh, who ended up dead the other day? Putin, I don't know. Opponent <clears throat> dead. Uh, Navalny, um, Alexei Navalny. He was uh, Putin's political opponent. He's been in jail for I don't know how long, and he died in jail in the last week or so. And you hear all these people on the left say like, like this is what, this is the kind of country that, that Republicans want. They want to be able to kill their political opponents and shit like that. And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know the guy and I don't know Putin either. I have no opinion of them, but to just hate them right off the bat, or to support this guy who died like you gave a fuck about anything he stood for a month ago. All of it is just ridiculous. Every news thing is just, it's ridiculous narrative building propaganda, which uh, actually goes into, or well, play one of these videos that we've got up here. Something, something else we don't have to talk about right this second, but I do want to not forget to talk about it is, the potentiality of Hillary Clinton becoming the the nominee for the Democrats. Is that completely off the table? Like Sam, I, Sam Tripoli brought it up. The other, he was on InfoWars and he brought it up. And as soon as he brought it up, I was like, damn it. I've been meaning to ask that uh, to Mike for like two weeks. And now Sam brings it out. And I'm like, people are going to think I took that idea from him. And I, I swear I didn't. But when he said it, I was like, damn it, that's what I keep meaning to bring up to Mike. Like, she did win the popular vote by like three million. Did she, though? Yeah, right. But is is that how come she's not ever even talked about? It's always just Michelle. I don't know. I mean, I could see the Michelle scenario playing out, but with Hillary instead. And it's sort of the same logic behind both of them. Like, why would they, if, if Michelle was going to run and Biden wasn't, why wouldn't they boot Biden out right now? Or like, you know, have his handlers make him come out and be like, I'm not seeking reelection. So then somebody could go out and primary and shit. 
And the reason they don't want to do that is because they they know that that will give Trump nine months to shit on the person and make people realize that they don't want to vote for him. And that's the same reason why if Hillary was going to run, she's not running yet, because that just gives Trump and Trump supporters all this time to be like, dude, you don't want her. So but I could see them doing that in, say, August or September or something and being like, Biden's out. He's not doing it. And Kamala doesn't want to do it. And by God, I love this country. And so I, Hillary Clinton, will take the mantle. I don't know, man. I don't I don't think it matters who they put in there. It's the same scenario is still going to play out. Either we'll have the election, Trump will win in a landslide, or they'll try to not have the election somehow. I think Michelle is the easiest one for them to get away with cheating because then they can always just scream racism for all, to all the people who, who um, are against her. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, God, sometimes I wish we could just fast forward all this shit. The only reason I, I don't want to fast forward time machine is because I love the, the stage my little boy's in. But other than that, fuck let's get it over with let's see what happens you know? yeah i i felt the same way during the avengers saga <laughs> i really did i was like god i wish i could go five years into the future so i could see how this all ends yeah um who do we want to play next year that was that was before infinity wars and endgame and stuff that was when it was still good and exciting now it's gone all fucking dude i was watching this show I just got a yesterday was my last day to accept uh, three free months of Apple TV plus because I got a new phone in the last year or whatever. So I was like, all right. And I finally clicked the button and uh, I was watching this show called C. Have you heard of that? S.E.E. No, it's about uh, at some it's set like uh, hundreds of years in the future. And so at some point during our time, there was some disease or virus or whatever that uh, that went around and it made uh, any baby that was born. They were born blind. Um, so then cut to 500 years in the future. Everybody that lives on Earth is blind. And so it's just a world built around that. They have like strings tied between buildings and shit. And people are like holding on to the strings and touching each other's shoulders. And they've got, it's some pretty interesting, like, you know, like how would life be if it was really like that kind of stuff? Like you don't realize how much art is, is visual, but they find a way to make art that's based on sounds and smells and stuff like that. It's pretty interesting. And the first season was great. And then by the end of the first season, they start finding people that are miraculously born with the ability to see. And they, they think that they're witches and shit, you know, because a, a five-year-old is like, what's that over there? They're like, how do you know that there's something over there? And they, so everybody's all freaked out and shit. But then uh, mid-season two, it becomes a whole fucking, like gay lesbian analogy sort of thing where it's like like i felt like i was born with this and it was my curse but it's really my gift and like just because we're like this doesn't mean that we're not humans and like it's it's i can feel the fucking propaganda in it you know which sucks because the story is good 
and the lady that plays the queen is just a she's a, it makes me cringe hearing her talk because of how good she is at playing just a piece of shit character but anyway i, I hate I, I hate when they ruin shows like that like i used to love the show shameless and then all of a sudden they started propagandizing that show and making it you know and I, you could just slowly slowly see it seeping in and then and then i we finally quit watching it because it was like ah, i don't want to hear all that bullshit you know like they just got they they ruined it they ruined yeah it. Well, and uh, I mean, every uh, I forget the name of the movie is some movie just came out. Uh, s- something, Madam, Madam Web or something, I think it might have been like the chick Spider-Man or something like that. But it just got terrible reviews and like did terrible at the box office. And everybody's just talking about what a shitty like propaganda kind of movie it is. And, and like every company is learning that none of this shit is working like it works for your little group i don't know that's what's weird is like 99 percent of america is like yeah boys and girls like fall in love get married have kids whatever the one percent is like that none of that is is correct and all of these movie companies are catering to that one percent or five percent or whatever the fuck it is but still a very small minority they're catering to them not that they're like letting them in on it too or whatever somebody posted a meme the other day and it just showed uh the cast of predator and it was like this was diversity before we gave a fuck about diversity and you know it's like jesse ventura and arnold schwarzenegger and carl weathers the indian guy like but nobody was like we need a black guy and an and an austrian and an indian they were just like we just need a group of fucking badass strong dudes and they got it like that's it reminds me of the morgan freeman thing because it's like why do we keep bringing this up when it's not even on anybody's mind until you bring it up well i feel like it creates racism where there never was racism before you know like all of a sudden people are like all right we get it fuck off can't we just be people you know and that becomes like the new like oh you're racist like no i just don't I just yeah. don't think we should be differentiating every damn thing, you know, when it comes to whatever. Right. Uh, and it's, but it's not just race. It's with everything, with every point that they try to make. And that's now would be a good time to play the Marjorie Taylor green thing. Cause she compares January 6th to the 2020 riots, uh, while she's talking to the press here. And it's a, it's a good little clip. Play that. Okay. Give you guys a little history lesson. Okay. When President Trump was inaugurated, Antifa and leftist rioters nearly burned down Washington, D.C. Did you call it an insurrection? No. BLM raised millions of dollars on the Act Blue Democrat fundraising website and then proceeded to cause $2 billion in damages across American cities and communities all in 2020, every day. Not one day for three hours every damn day did you call it an insurrection they attacked police officers federal courthouses tore down statues burned 93 police vehicles did you in the media call it an insurrection no you did not you called it mostly peaceful and you lied to the american people and the american people don't trust you anymore because of that boom amen Amen, sister i like her i like how fiery she is 
Yeah, she's like anybody else. She can you can find good good sound bites of her, and then you can find sound bites of her rambling for a few minutes and being like, "Wait, what?" But yeah. overall, yeah, I I like her too, and I can tell that the things that she says are right because of the way that they attack her, um, because they don't attack her on the points that she makes. They attack her for saying Jewish space lasers which she never even fucking said. Uh, not that phrase, at least. She did question uh, wildfires in California, but so do I. <laughs> so I don't yeah. completely disagree with her. All right, play this other video that I got up. This is uh, not exactly related to anything that we're talking about, but you'll see how it all ties in, and it's, uh, it's interesting. Okay. Underestimate the butterfly effect of a tiny public access show in upstate New York. Clay Tiffany was an independent journalist and the fearless host of Dirge for the Charlatans. Notorious for being a thorn in the side of local officials and law enforcement, Clay Tiffany would probe into corrupt politicians and dirty cops, then broadcast his findings on his public access show. But with this fame came enemies in powerful places, one being Briarcliff police officer slash bodybuilder Nicholas Tartaglione, who in 1997 pulled Clay Tiffany over, warned him to stop looking into the police department, said he has ties with the mob, then physically assaulted the TV host. Obviously, this led Clay to delve further into the cop, and so began a long-standing feud between the two. Tiffany dug into his past and found that Tartaglione had a history of assault in his time as a police officer. Clay Tiffany would slam him and the BPD on dirge for the charlatans, and in retaliation, Tartaglione would find him and beat him up. This happens at least four times, with the last confrontation putting Clay in the hospital. He would host the next episode from his hospital bed. Clay sued the police department, winning a big settlement, but Tartaglione was never charged or found guilty of a crime. Until this story goes somewhere, I never could have predicted. Clay Tiffany passed away in March 2015 of natural causes, and the following year, Nicholas Tartaglione was arrested after killing four men over stolen drug money and burying them in a mass grave in the woods. Tartaglione, now facing a life sentence, has been behind bars since his arrest, where in 2019, he was the last person to share a prison cell with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, before we even <clears throat> delve into that video real quick, um, Trump is like banned from New York City, right? As far as like doing business there or whatever, at least for three or four years or however long. Uh, and, until the appeals go through and stuff, yes, he's uh, he's banned from being like owner or uh, and his sons are banned from owning any business or uh, whatever the word is, not owning, but like running right a business in New York. Yes, but I believe it will all be appealed and overturned. But speaking of Jeffrey Epstein, he was never banned from doing business or or whatever. Correct. Um, somebody pointed that out this morning. I can't remember who I was listening to um, that said that. I uh, just found that interesting. Like that's that's the level that they're like, well, Jeffrey Epstein's OK, but Trump, we got to get rid of. <laughs> he's he's the threat to our democracy. Yeah, I I mean, I feel like we should do a, a recap show one day where we just go through all of the the things from 2015 until 2020 that they said about Trump that ended up not being true at all. Which is like all of them. 
Basically, yeah. But I mean, there's I could think of 10 off the top of my head. You know, I'm not going to right now, but they Russian collusion, all that kind of shit, like saying COVID was a hoax. Like he didn't say that saying there's fine people on both sides. He didn't say it like that. Like, uh, it's all bullshit. Like, meanwhile, Joe Biden can come out and be like, I don't want black kids in my neighborhood. And they're like, that's not what he meant. Yeah. And it's like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, you're Our, just, you're carrying water for him. Calling Robert Byrd and Strom Thurmond gods and that he idolized him. Like, that's nuts. That's, that's not newsworthy. What do you I mean? Think- they were in the fucking clan. I've watched that video a few times and I don't think he said the word God. I think he said the word guide, but either way, it's still, I look up to this guy and he's like affected the way that I think kind of words. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you want to watch this Rachel Levine thing? Yes. And no. (laughs) Yeah. I don't really want to just, Oh no, here I'm going to play. Watch this chick first. This is, it's like everything. It's not related, but it's pretty much related to everything that's going on today. Okay. You guys are all just like really misogynistic. Um, I don't necessarily need a man to tell me. What's I- the de- what's the def- what do you how do you define misogyny? I don't know. I don't like that. What? How do you, I'm just asking how you define misogyny. Can I go? Um, are you okay? Like, do you want, you, like, you want to go as in leave? Is it because I asked how you define misogyny? Is that the... If you, yeah, no, look, if you want to leave, you can leave. I was hoping we could continue having a conversation, but, um. God, that was so uncomfortable for me to even watch, like, on my computer, like, ugh, God. Yeah, and that was edited, too. Like, just imagine sitting through the original thing. Like, but it's it's a good example of, like, you're being misogynistic or like, you know, what is a woman? It's that kind of shit. They're like, we need to protect women's rights. And it's like, all right, what's a woman? And they're like, oh, fuck you. And you're like, what? I'm just trying to ask. <laughs> like, don't say a thing if you don't even know what it is. And she's like, you guys are being misogynistic. And he's like, what does that mean? And she's like, oh, like, that's a perfect example. Yeah, very creepy. And how so many people feel about Trump without even being able to verbalize it. Like, why don't you like him? Well, just, I mean, I can't believe you're even asking me that. Right. Isn't it obvious? (laughs) Like, No, it's not. And then here's a guy, uh, a Harvard. I don't know if he's a professor or what. He's a Harvard something or other. Um, He did a thing about uh, police brutality and uh, and his findings were a, a shock to everyone. Uh, this is like a minute and a half video. It's pretty interesting to hear him talk. I could have edited it down more, but either way, I think it's worth watching. All right. And then we'll wrap it up here pretty quickly. Yep. Collected a lot of data. We collected millions of observations on uh, everyday use of force that wasn't lethal. We collected thousands of observations on lethal force. And, and it, it was in this moment in 2016 that I realized people lose their minds when they don't like the result. 
So what my paper showed, you'll see tomorrow, uh, like some of you, uh, was that, yes, we saw some bias in the low-level uses of force, every day pushing up against cars and things like that. People tend to like that result. But we didn't find any um, uh, racial bias in police shootings. Now, that was really surprising to me because I expected to see it. The little-known fact is I had eight full-time RAs that it took to do this over nearly a year. When I found the surprising result, I hired eight fresh ones and redid it to make sure. They came up with the same exact answer, and I thought it was robust, and then I went to go give it, and my God, all hell broke loose. It was a 104-page, dense, academic, economics paper with a 150-page appendix, okay? It was posted for four minutes when I got my first email. This is full of shit. Doesn't make any sense. And I wrote back, how'd you read it that fast? That's amazing. You are a genius. And I had colleagues take me into to the side and say, don't publish this. You'll ruin your career. Mm. I said, what are you talking about? I said, what's wrong with it? Do you believe the first part? Yes. Do you believe the second part? Well, it's the issue is they just don't fit together. We like the first one, but you should publish the, no the second one another time. I said, let me ask this. If the second part about the police shootings, this is a literal conversation. I said to them, if the second part um, showed bias, do you think I would, should publish it then? And they said, yeah, then it would make sense. And I said, I guarantee you I'll publish it. We'll see what happens. So it was, it was you know, I, I lived under, under um, police protection for about 30 or 40 days. I had a seven-day-old daughter at the time. I remember going and shopping for it because, you know, when you have a newborn, you think you have enough diapers. You don't. So I, I was going to the grocery store to get diapers with the armed guard. It was crazy. It was really, truly crazy. Wow. So interesting. I'm going to start holding the microphone that way, by the way. Yeah, that's how I got mine. Off to the side, bro. <laughs> I mean, on stage, I'm just going to be like. Oh, hey. man, I hate people that, that just hold it by the bottom. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like the very tip. Oh, that bothers me. Just hold it. It's a fucking microphone. Or when people hold the mic cord. I'll never forget Brian Burgess telling me, uh, Gaither, because I used to hold the mic cord, and he would go, he goes, comics don't hold the mic cord singers hold the mic cord and and i never did it again and anytime someone was on stage and they were holding the mic cord you could hear burgess in the background going feelings <laughs> nothing more than feelings <laughs> yeah that, that guy was, that so guy was always funny man yeah. i remember i I've told this story so many times that I don't remember if I was actually there or if I've just told it enough that I've like put myself in there. But I've heard a story of uh, I guess there was some guy and he had like a Michael Jackson pedophile joke and and it just didn't work or whatever. And he was like hosting the shows and uh, and Brian Burgess, who was the manager of the comedy club, for those that don't know, pulls this kid aside and he's like, hey, you're really funny. 
uh, don't do the Michael Jackson joke tonight. Don't open with that. And the kid was like, what? Why? And he's like, just trust me. Like, I'm making you better. Like, open with this other joke or whatever. And so then they've got the little office there and they've got the microphone in the back office and the manager has to say, hey, welcome to the comedy club, everybody. And uh, your comedians tonight are this and give a round of applause to whatever. And now the host of the show, give it up for whatever the fuck the guy's name is. And so that guy, the MC goes up and I guess the microphone in the back office didn't get turned off for whatever reason, because he just immediately went to the window to watch this guy to watch him do the, a better version of his set. So this kid goes up and he's like, well, did you hear about Michael Jackson? And <laughs> Burgess is in the back office and he goes, this motherfucker, I told him not to do this. He's fired. He's never working here again. And then somebody else runs in and they're like, the microphone's still on. So he just announced this to the entire audience and the MC's just on stage like, uh, and and Burgess like opens the blinds in the in the little office. And so the whole audience can see him and he turns the light on and he goes, well, keep going. And like, I don't know, the kid <laughs> ate it or whatever, but that's just a classic Brian Burgess story that I remember. Yeah, that was Jim Wells. Chris Porter's actually told that story on my podcast before. And ah. uh, yeah, it was Jim Wells. Jim Wells doesn't like that to story being told. He really wouldn't like me saying his name because you didn't say it, but I did. Um, but it's I don't a great... Even, I've never, I don't even think I know who that is. Well, um, yeah, he started like around the same time as I did and didn't... He did it for a while. I don't know how long, but um, anyway, he. I don't think he watched this podcast. He might. I don't know. So sorry, Jim, but that was you. And uh, there's a lot of... We don't want to get too off track here, but there's a lot of great Burgess stories. One time he came into the little green room that you're talking to about and uh, the, his room was just packed full of people and Burgess was often in a bad mood and he comes in and he goes can i get about nine more fucking people in here <laughs> <laughs> and people just cleared out like you wouldn't believe um yeah we could do an entire hour just of burgess stories but there's a lot of good ones uh that guy was so he's still very funny um damn it there was a story that popped into my head about him and i already forgot what it was um something about me I don't remember what it was, but anyway, there's, there's so many of them. Uh, yeah. Well, since it's uh, on the topic, I guess I was a waiter at the comedy club for about a year before I ever did open mic night or anything. So I knew Burgess based on, you know, like, Hey, you need an au jus sauce with this. Like, cause he worked down in the kitchen too. He was like an all over manager and he'd have his, it would be fucking 90 degrees in in this kitchen everybody the cooks are sweating the waiters are sweating and he's got his fucking black leather jacket on and jeans and shit like i it was he's just a funny dude but it was cool because when i started doing open mic and burgess would walk in and be like hey, what's up baldwin how you doing i can remember the other open micers be like how do you know him already and i'm like oh you know i just meet people people like me what can i say yeah, his brother is Mitchell Burgess, who was the one of the writers for The Sopranos. And I remember asking him one time, it was like before the show started or after it was over or something. And I'm sitting there and I go, so does your brother have like the same demeanor as you? And he goes, what do you mean? Is he a prick? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, he's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of great Burgess stories. But anyway, back to that video before we get out of here. Um, 
how how crazy is that? You know, what he talked about is so telling about our society that we live in now. Like if you find facts that go against official narratives, like, you know, the whole the idea that cops are going around just murdering black people, which if you look at statistics, that's not true. You know, like it, twice as many white guys got killed the year before George Floyd as 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 black guys. And, you know, if you start ban- putting statistics out there um, that aren't popular, that go against official narratives, people are like, I can't believe you're saying that. It's like, I'm not making this up. This is these are facts, you know, like like Jimmy Schubert says in that clip. These are facts. These are fucking facts. You yeah. Know? Well, and the fact that we're not allowed to talk about it means that we're not going to solve the problem anytime soon because what they're saying the reason is is clearly not the reason or the outcome or whatever. So it's like we can't fix a fake problem that you make up. The only thing we can do is is talk about this stuff honestly and and hopefully find a solution. Like I don't hang out in uh, the worst parts of town very often. So I don't know that demographic or whatever, but I know plenty of black people and they, I, I look at them the same way that I look at anybody else. Some of them are cool. Some of them are dicks. Some of them I I'll be nice to at the club, but I wouldn't like call them on the phone or whatever. And some of them I would, you know, it, it has nothing to do with black, white, whatever. It's like, I just, some people get along and other people don't. And that's how I live my life, you know, but I, I just, I don't know. Like, it's just weird to me that everything is, is so race based. And, and what's even weirder is that it wasn't for so long. It's just become more race based recently. And so that just tells me that they're trying to do it on purpose and they're just, it goes back to the Q things. They're just trying to d- divide us. And I meant to mention a Q thing earlier when we were talking about the power going out. Cause one of the Q posts says something about like 10 days of darkness or something like that. And so people are like, wait, does that mean that the power is going to go out or that like the banks are going to shut down or just the internet is going to be shut down or, and you know, it's like every other Q thing. Nobody knows what the fuck it really means, but it's one of those things that if it happens, then I guarantee there will be a countdown. You know, if the power goes out, people will be like, don't worry, 10 days, no big deal. Yeah, I I would hate to think about the power going out, but there's part of me that would love for the internet to go away for a little while and just for us to see how that would be for a while. Because I, 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 in a lot of ways, I hate the internet. I hate what it does to me personally. Yeah. And how quickly I can get distracted by shit on social media oh sure but i mean even if all the electricity stayed on but just the internet went out it would still lead to riots and looting and all sorts of shit like people would go to the grocery store their cards wouldn't work they would try to go to the bank the bank would be like uh you know you're limited to 50 dollar withdrawal or something along those lines plus all of our records are online so it's going to take us two hours to find your paperwork in our file cabinets or whatever, if it even exists, you know? Yeah. So there'll just be lines outside of the bank. And then that'll lead to people going to the store and just filling up their cart and fucking running out. And after a hundred people do that, then the people who run the store are like, fuck, there's nothing we can do. We might as well go hide in the office. Cause all we're going to do is get our ass kicked. If we try to 
physically stop people, you know? Yeah, it would create a lot of problems that I I don't even think about until it happened. Then you'd be like, oh, that's right. We can't do any of this shit anymore. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't. You obviously can't use maps or look up anything on your phone or or uh, watch anything at home. Like that would be hell enough for some people yeah. to just be like, why isn't my fucking Netflix connecting? Meanwhile, there's fires and riots outside their window, and they're just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> That's kind of a funny. That reminds me of uh, Ocean's Eleven, where like the building explodes, and it's like you can see it out the window, but the guy's just watching it on his TV, like facing the other direction. Yeah. Anyway, those all are, right. Those were great movies, but yeah, we should wrap this up. I got a lot to do. You got a lot to do. So. Uh... Good episode, though. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, make sure you see me this weekend at Laughs in Tucson. If you're around that area, uh, you working this weekend? Uh, yes, I have a show tonight and tomorrow and uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll be at Vorshay's Cocktail Lounge in Wichita, opening for a guy named Barry Laminac. Do you know who that is? No. Me neither. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. I assume he's humorous or uh, or Steve wouldn't have booked him. So I look forward to the weekend. Hopefully a bunch of people come out and I'm still on on a constant journey to write new shit. And uh, and it's going OK. Now what I need, I'm, I'm treating writing new shit the same way I treated open mic for so long, which is like, all right, that joke works. We'll set it aside and work on some other stuff. I, I haven't started like putting it all together in a coherent set yet you know so it's mostly just one joke after another but but we're getting somewhere yeah my next my next hour is going to be a lot more edgy than it even is considered now um and i came across some clips last night that i'm like i i don't even do that joke anymore and it's not on any of my stuff but it's going to be in my new hour so so yep. anyway thanks for tuning in everybody tuning in everyone god bless all of you and take care goodbye, goodbye.